Hey, and welcome to the Raising Your Game podcast with me, Lewis Hatchett. On my journey to professional sport, I was always fascinated in what the best in the world were doing and how I could implement it into my own life. I believe that we can all take something from the world of sport that can not only benefit our sporting aspirations and goals, but our day-to-day lives too. I'm going to be speaking to those in and outside the world of sport, exercise and high performance to hear their stories that will hopefully give you insights, advice and ideas for raising your game. In this episode, I speak with Denny Solomona. Denny's a professional rugby player for Sale Sharks and England and I visited Denny at Sale's training ground where I got to spend the morning chatting to him about his journey so far in rugby, his experiences, his beliefs and values as well as getting to know him as a person away from the sport too. We spent some time looking at performance breath work and some movement that I was able to show him that will help improve his performance on the pitch as well as looking to improve his well-being off the pitch. He's super open-minded to some new things and it was amazing to see some of the stuff that he was already implementing in his life that just shows that he's continuously trying to improve himself not only as an athlete but also as a person. Denny's a really wise head on a 25-year-old's shoulders and it's no wonder he's a part of the leadership group at Sale. I should have had the mic on all day with some of the interesting conversations that we had but eventually I did get to sit down with Denny and record this podcast which I think is a really great one and I think you're going to enjoy it too. We're, we're off. Mate I feel like we've We've already had a podcast and <laughs> spoken about everything that we should have been speaking about. And we should have turned this on about two hours two ago. Two hours ago, yeah. Um, so we've just done some some breath work, some movement, yeah. getting you feeling limber. But um, how are you feeling after that? To be fair, unreal. I, I woke up this morning really excited to come in and learn a bit. And you can always learn. Yeah. And I feel like that's what life's about. And um, yeah. But this morning, my back was sore. My hips were sore. I was driving the car. I was in agony. I was like, oh, come on. And then now I'm sitting here pain-free. Yeah. I feel like a new man. And yeah, no, I think the breath work really helps. It's going to help me, you know, increase my, obviously, my, my performance. I feel like my breathing already isn't to where it needs to be. I found that that was the, like, the coolest thing that I think we, we um, I found out about you straight away was that you were doing it like you were setting you you were sitting at the posts before a game and you were setting sort of like a goal for yourself mm. to um to like become a bit more present at the start of a game and you were, you were already doing it and you kind of just want to enhance it a little bit it was amazing yeah yeah like um i think we were talking about ollie before save your world i think yeah. you know he kind of brought it into me he touched on it a, a bit and you know I'll, i'm always I'm always keen for for new things to make me feel better mm. um, in life in general, and if I can bring it into my game, which breathing I did, and you know enhancing it with you mm. personally, like that's it's amazing. Like, you know, when do I ever get to like ever get in touch with people yeah. <clears throat> like you to you know come down and help me out? And I'm very thankful for you to come down and you know give me a, a tip or two on, on how to breathe and how to move my body in the morning and at night. And a little lesson on you know your breathing and how it affects your body and your mind, mm. and in our sport, our body and our mind is our biggest tool. 
Yeah. So to help it out, mate, it's, it's unreal. Yeah. So let's. Um, so you're currently in preseason as well, and um, you threw a lot of. You got a lot of work going on to get yourself ready for the start of the season. How's that going for you, mate? It's tough. Yeah. Um, and I haven't even done most of the tough stuff that the boys have done. Yeah. And You'd had you had an injury. Didn't yeah. You? So I, I had a clear out, ankle clear out, and um, you know it's it's all sweet now, and hopefully coming into the season with no niggles. Mm which will be a really good bonus for me because sometimes I'm always playing with niggles. But um, pre-season is a long pre-season and I think it's like, it's more mentally draining sometimes. Yeah. So obviously, you know, you know, the coaches are paid to, you know, just physically drain you, mm-hmm. just absolutely beast you every day. Yeah. Sometimes I think they get a kick out of it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, no, I think, I think it's great. It's... It's amazing because like you find you you build that camaraderie between you because you guys have been into that deep hole that your mind and your body goes into when you're getting you know when you're on an hour bounce of just running straight lines, mm. no music, no nothing, just in your head and your brothers around you, mm. and I think that's what preseason's all about is building that team bond, um, that relationship between each other. And, you know, if if you're doing it tough yourself, your brother's also doing it with you. Do you think that's um do you think that's like a bigger part of the preseason for you guys here? Like that camaraderie side of it? I mean you, one of the first things as soon as we turned up and we went and had a, a drink in the cafeteria, I guess. Yeah. Um you were saying like there were no phones allowed in that in that room. Mm. That's a big step and and you said the leadership management uh, the leadership team were were the big factor of that, and you're on it at yeah. 25, which is incredible. Um, and that was something that you felt as a team you needed to do to build a stronger bond. Yeah, like, yeah, definitely. I think we can always we're always talking about one percent. So yeah. your recovery, stretching, like movements with you, you know, breathing. I think little things like that is our one percenters that we can increase in, and it's only little. Yeah, you don't. You, you know, you're only in eating your food for, you know, some people chow it down in ten minutes. Yeah, but you know, if you're sitting down eating a meal, and you're talking to one of your mates, and sometimes you sit with people that you don't usually sit with, and that's great because then you're forced to talk to each other. Yeah, you're forced to understand how he how he is in his life, what's happening in his lifestyle, what's he doing in the weekend, and find out if some boys have children or not. Mm. you know some some boys like i'm guilty of it i was guilty of it that i stuck to who i knew mm. um but getting to know all the younger boys getting to know all the older boys because i'm in stuck in that middle category where i'm not old yeah but i'm not young yeah so <laughs> i tend to see myself as like that young still the young fella but yeah at times the old guy yeah <laughs> transitioning and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, but um, no, I think it's great because it, it increases that, that communication between each other. Yeah. And especially the old, um, you know, the, the the big topic nowadays is, you know, mental health and, yeah. you know, it's okay to talk, it's okay, it's not weak to speak. And I think it's encouraging that, it's encouraging us as males to communicate to each other. Yeah. And be comfortable communicating. Yeah. So I think if you think about the females... Put to five random females in a the room, they'll chat like they've known yeah, each other yeah. for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But throw like five males together, they'll 
they'll stand in each corner. Yeah, yeah. And they'll just probably look at you for a while and that's it. So, you know, I think it's a credit to Sale and the, the coaches and the players to have really bought into to what they tried, what, we, what we're trying to build around there. Yeah, that that's, um, it's really, I'd, during my, my time, I'd seen some, some stuff trying to be implemented like that mm. and it worked some worked some didn't work but i think that like to be led internally mm. that's really powerful yeah like really really powerful and like you say it's a one percenter but the goal is when you're eating your meal you're not on your phone mm. you're communicating with the guys who you're essentially in the trenches with when yeah, when, yeah. You, when you're out there and you need to know them well yeah so that's um first of all it's like a team to make that step that's it's a strong move to make yeah. And um, to maintain it again is is a, another thing, and you're doing that. Um, have you had that sort of like value? I don't know if we spoke about this. Like, have you had those sort of like values from when you first started out? Because you started out in New Zealand. Yeah, so I I went to school. So I started in a public school called Oru College. Um, yeah. I started playing, you know, rugby on a Saturday, rugby league on a Sunday, and rugby is everything in yeah, New Zealand. Pretty much, you, you know, you're walking down the street, you're passing a rugby ball to your brothers and and your your friends, yeah, even your sisters. Your sisters are like, yeah, let's throw a ball around. I'm like, yeah, sweet. Like when you come around, you know, obviously, you know, Manchester, England, they've got football posts up everywhere, you know, so they're mm. like, oh, you only play soccer here. Mm. First, first lesson I learned is not to call it soccer. Can't call it soccer. <laughs> <laughs> so I obviously changed it and having to call it football now. Yeah. So yeah, so you got you know football posts everywhere, but in New Zealand you've got rugby posts. Yeah, There's this rugby, rugby league, touch rugby. Yeah, um, and you know touch rugby was on a Thursday, so you you know you're training all week. You play Thursday, play Saturday, play Sunday, and it's all with the rugby ball. Yeah. So you're picking up skills from your touch rugby, you're picking up skills from rugby league and also your core skills in rugby union. Mm. And then I started in, um, my first ever uh, full-time contract was in Melbourne and they instilled a, a strong camaraderie, you know, value in, in me. Um, it's one of the hardest pre-seasons I've ever done. They, they send you off into work, a labour job, for the first week of pre-season. As a part of pre-season. As, as part of a pre-season. So you train in the morning, waits for, uh, 5.30 in the morning. You go to work from 8 to 5. And from 5 o'clock, you go to, back to the club. You do your, your fitness session. Then you go home. And then you repeat that for the full first week of pre-season. How, how old were you when you were doing that? Oh, I was young. Yeah. I was right from... I think I signed when I was 15 16 17 18 is when I was with right I was training with the first team but I was still training like playing games for under 18s yeah under 20s and then first team so for and th where's that's um, Melbourne Storm Melbourne Storm yeah. wow so I was with Melbourne Storm then and then when I broke into the first team well I didn't break in first team I made uh, I got it's called a uh, apprentice job. Right. It's it's a fancy word for uh, what do you call a bum boy? Yeah. Okay. So you go and clean uh, shakers, protein shakers. You just got to do all the jobs that. Yeah. Go set up training, clean up training. Yep. Sometimes some of the boys will make me clean their boots. Yeah. So I, you know, I've been I've been and done all the you know the, the what the young kids would do now. 
to build it like I know certain hierarchy but also be accepted into the team yeah and then I think come Christmas time you end up going into a camp and they call it an SAS camp for three days so within that three days you'll probably get two hours sleep wow so the first day they break you physically and then this is for everyone like in everyone the, in the squad yeah so you know I don't know if anyone will know there but Billy Slater Cameron Smith Cooper Cronk the three biggest names in rugby league history have all been on that camp right and I unfortunately had to do it twice <laughs> so you're only meant to do it once but because I did it when I was 18 and considered just a, a rookie academy player going into it then when I signed obviously a a first team contract into the first team to play I got sent on it again what the hell? Wow. so <laughs> so you know it, it is the toughest thing and then you know everything around it they they had boards up of you know milestones they had um conferences for people that are that have left um you know they bring past players into to to the changing rooms after a game they they give past players you know a jersey to present present to the the debut player so there's really a lot of value building exactly around yeah. it and i know, i know that um sort of if you again if you look at around sort of what was explained in um, the book legacy about mm. the all blacks like they talk about that earning the jersey yeah. and the sort of the journey that each person has ever gone on and really instilling the values in well yeah you were 18 years old yeah. like in an 18 year old to to earn it yeah um so you just don't feel it's given to you mm. and that's a that's a hell of a journey for like learning your values in the game yeah, yeah definitely that's... i think i think that's where i became who i am as a player okay. i think it all came down to you know melbourne storm i think you know every good coach in in the world even nfl players and uh, nfl coaches have gone to melbourne storm and being like can i come and watch your trainings or you know understand how you coach or how you teach or whatever and a few rugby union teams have gone there as well medical teams um snc staff wow. head coaches because if you want to be the best you're going to learn from the best and in my eyes they are the best team in the world um and not because I I was there mm. but because of the way they treat their players the way they they go about so their you're business. really looking at it from a holistic point of view like the, exactly. the all-round person yeah. that they're building not yeah. Because, yeah and you know i hold no you know any f bad feeling towards them because they got rid of me i still find melbourne still my team to support yeah still got really good friends there yeah and um yeah no i just think that they're they're the best team to you know have that template of trying to build what if any coach is trying to build a good team you know and a good legacy as well to to then go forward and and build what they want to build i guess and i think saracens and you know exeter probably being the template for rugby union in in england so why not try and you know not even copy them but try and you know take their game style and try and fit it into yours mm. So you know that you know all the teams are doing it, but I feel like if we can run it as a player, it's going to be more powerful. Yeah. So that if, for example, if a coach comes in, 
and he goes, I want this, I want that, I want this. There's going to be a limited buy-in. But if if you have a leadership group that brings it into you mm. and is led by that group, then players have no excuse. Yeah. Because they're like, if he's doing it and I want to be a leader, I need to do this. Yeah. And so, you know, and I think we've got great leaders. We've got John O'Ross, our captain. Um, we've got, you know, um, Webbs that's played, you know, I think 20 plus games for England. Yeah. Um, and he's also got a lot of caps, you know, uh, premiership caps under his belt. And we've got uh, ex-New Zealand, you know, rugby player as well, Bryn Evans. So, you know, we've, we've got loads of experience. So, it's you know, it's good. It's good to have that. And the the experience they bring into the group is, is phenomenal yeah that that um it's kind of like peer pressure isn't it when it comes from inside yeah 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 it's definitely uh, it's so much more powerful because you don't it's it's like a parent telling you <laughs> don't go tidy up your room yeah you yeah know. but if someone else does it then yeah yeah um so you you were you started in rugby league mm. you're like you're now in rugby union yeah um so let's talk about like your your journey in rugby league um and then sort of how you transitioned over into Union because then you very quickly ended up playing for England. Yeah. But um, so you, you finished at Melbourne mm -hmm. and then you moved on to... London. You came over. Yeah. And so. how was the, how was like the, how was the culture shift? Oh. Was there a culture shift for you? Like in massive, a sense? Yeah. Massively. So I was used to a well-run organisation, um, you know, five staff to one or like one community so like let's say five snc staff um five medical you know physios then you've got a facility if you're to be injured you know you walk around the corner and that's you get mri scans yep. you get x-rays and then within that day you find out what's wrong with you yeah um moving to london halfway around the world from my family being a family orientated kind of guy. Yeah. And you were how old? I was twenty. Yeah. And to make that decision, you know, nineteen twenty going on to twenty one was probably the toughest decision, but also a really good one and bad one at the same time. Mm. It was good to like not rest on my on my laurels and be like, I'm you know, my mom's gonna do my laundry. Yep. My mom's gonna cook my food when I get home. <laughs> to finally just you know grow up and be like okay it's a great opportunity to see you know how i am without my mom without my dad without my brothers sisters to help me it quickly turned guys strict landing i think i landed in the morning in london heathrow i think terminal two it was freezing i think it was <laughs> i think it was snowing at the time <laughs> and i was like what the hell have i gone myself into yeah. i've not seen snow before so I was like, I was like gobsmacked, like, oh my God, snow. But then also at the same time, like, bloody hell, it's cold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to be playing sport and you got to do this. And then went in to meet some of the lads. The lads were great. I think the lads were awesome. Yeah. Um, but the organization as a as a whole, I think we all, we had a teacher physio as our head physio. Okay. So, so straight a out of the Complete transformation. Yeah. And um, we got relegated that year. So rugby-wise, probably wasn't the best, but experience, like experiencing London as a, as a whole, as a city, and as 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 meeting new people from around the world mm. was amazing. I think we had a great group of lads. 
Um, yeah, and then from there, when we got relegated, I moved to Leeds, um, and that was a small town called Castleford. Yeah, I played there for two years, and then you know it was a, it was a great time. I enjoyed the fans. I enjoyed the players. We had a few players from um, you know from Australia, and I knew some of them. And one of them is my you know second cousin by marriage. Mm. Uh, ben Roberts, it was great to have him there. You know, it felt like family. He had his family there, so I was always surrounding myself with him because you could never get rid of that homesick feeling. Even though I went home every every off season, just was a big struggle for me. I needed a family figure there, and Ben Roberts were the one. So, um, and then you know, I had a really good second year. I broke you know a load of records, um, try scoring. Uh, hat tricks, um, and then you know having Super League dream team, and then getting nominated for Man of Steel. Mm. It was then quickly turned into you know a really bad year yeah. because I then made the controversial move to rugby union. Yeah, and it was. And we spoke about that being not so much a controversial thing yeah. within the within world, the of, world rugby, of rugby, like yeah. as the players, because yeah. it's kind of been done before. Yeah. But it's more the fans and yeah. the external factors around yeah. it that people don't like seeing that happening. Exactly. And so like, that's where it, the controversy yeah. comes in, isn't it? And it's not. It, it's it's frowned upon. Yeah. Like, it, it happens, but it's frowned upon. And you know, when it does get out, and the fans get a hold of what they think in there, and what they've been fed. Because mm. I never stood out and I never got out and said this is the my, this is my side of the story, because I never knew, I never wanted that sort of vibe. I wanted to. Everyone that knew me knows me. Everyone that you know don't, don't know me, they have this perception of me. Mm. And you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. And at the time, I was doing what was right for me, myself, and my family. I think, um, and you know, it's it's life. When you get offered a, a better job, better pay, better security, better you know, better everything, will you stay and be miserable on a certain amount and be happy with it? Mm. Probably not. But everyone's a sheep; they'll follow the the same opinion that's been given to them. Yeah. So yeah, and then I moved to Sale Sharks. Yeah. And now I'm here, and and I've, I'm absolutely loving it. Um, and then my first year, I came halfway through the season. I think I ended up scoring 11 to 12 tries that year. Um, being fortunate enough that the British and Irish Lions tour was the year I came in. Um, obviously, everyone's bigging it up because I've scored. I came in halfway through the year and scored 12 tries. They're like, oh, he's going to be a British and Irish Lion. Obviously, knowing my, myself, I was like, no, no way. It's, it's not going to happen. I'll be happy enough to just get a mention and that's it. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, Eddie Eddie Jones, the, the coach of England, called me and he goes, oh, what's your, what's your thoughts? And I was like, look, like, I'm all about my family and making myself secure in my life. I've only got 10 years in this business and I want to make it as impact as possible that I can make it. Mm. That's after rugby, that's during rugby. And he goes, well, what are your thoughts on representing England? Um, and I was like, look, I'm open to it. And I'll happily, like, I've invested so much in here. I had a wife at the time. Mm. I had a house at the time. And I was buying a second one here. So I've really much set roots in, in England. 
So I thought in myself, I was confident enough to be like, okay, I'm going to put on that jersey and wear that red rose with pride. And I did. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, thankful enough, I, I, you know, and I was, you know, the emotion and my mom and dad turned up. What was it like that first day sort of? Oh, oh it was crazy because I didn't know my mom and dad were coming. Really? So I think I got named on the Thursday. I think we had Friday to, you know, prepare on Saturday. So my mom and dad turned up on a on the captain's run Friday and I was gobsmacked. I was like, oh, I, was, I was in tears. I was like, oh, this is amazing. This, you know, it's my first big international cap for you know and my mom and dad's there to to experience it with me and they're in the crowd i was warming up i was coming off the bench at the time you know i was singing the national anthem and i was i was proud mm. i think i sh you know i shed a tear like silently to myself on the bench because i was you know 23 out of you know hundreds of of players in that point of time the best 23 player ever yeah that yeah that's um it's a really big point yeah i think it, do you know what i think that even gets lost in in professional sports yeah. sometimes but when you think about it just playing for, for sale like mm. you think how many rugby exactly, players there yeah. are in the country in the world mm. and you are that statistic of you're one of the best in the country yeah. in the world at, at you're, like, you're, you're the top 0.5 percent exactly, yeah. in the game because you think how many people are playing yeah. the game and that can get but then to have that um feeling for international must have been unreal mate i i can't even put it into words like all i can say was the you know i was the proudest moment personally for a player and to be there and witness and embrace that atmosphere that was at the time in 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 argentina um was amazing and to have my mum and dad there supporting me like i was a little kid again mm. it was like even now it wells me up because like, yeah. I was I, I I can't forget that feeling yeah and then I think it was the last 15 minutes or 10 minutes I, I got bored on so I got substituted on as right winger um, there was a right handed scrum we've practiced this well we've not practiced this like much but we we were caught we called it a Wigan so where we put a winger in at 10 and then 10 becomes the 12, 12 becomes 13, 13 becomes a 14. And then the wingers, the last man and the fullbacks like slightly offset. So we reassure that first line up and entice them to chip and chase because yeah. we'll have our nine sweeping to get that kick and we have the ball back. It's all strategic. So we thought, okay, I'm debuting. <laughs> it's my first time on the field. I'm like, yeah, this, okay, this, is, this is good. I've got this guy. Yeah. The scrum ends up turning a bit to the right, which favours the attacking eight. I think the eight, nine pick up, give to the nine. I'm like, okay, I've got the 10. This is my job. Seven's meant to come and take the nine. I'm good. So seven, I ended up seeing, which is my teammate at the time, Tom Curry, uh, not get out as fast as he usually does. So I'm like, oh, crap. I've got to step in here. So as I go to step in, I slip. As I slip, I miss the tackle. As I miss the tackle, it resulted into a try. So obviously me feeling like, you know, the, the best thing in the world, yeah. now all of a sudden, ants are small. Yeah, a the mistake's happened. Big world. 
And I was like, oh, okay, no, that's fine. You know, it's my first touch. That's fine. I'm going to get it back here. Yeah. Kick off. I'm going to, you know, run as fast as I can and do as well. Kick under the post. They they kick it over. And then I run back to halfway, you know, trying to, you know, trying to um, compose myself after, you know, the crowd screaming at like, ah, yeah, you know, I missed that tackle result in the try. So I'm like, they're standing there trying to, you know, compose myself. They kick off far left. Team chases, um, they tackle, but they used up too many tackles that we usually do. So therefore, it shortened our line up on our right-hand side, which I was defending. So I was trying to hold width to in, in, encourage them to fill the space. We held, I think, three defenders on the left side where there was only one attacker. Yeah, so Mr. Simons, you know, everywhere. They end up taking the their left side, my right side, my, my defending wing. They broke through me, so I ended up missing a tackle again because I have to come in so far because I've tried to, you know, get some width. End up chasing back. I could have stopped it again. I slipped, missed another tackle, go back, end up running back, slipping again, missing a tackle, and then they scored. So three missed tackles in my first five minutes. Wow. Like seven minutes, and I've only got ten minutes. Yeah. So I've got three minutes left to do something. They kick off, something happens, we get the ball back, we play a ruck just off midfield to, to my my side. I'm, you know, yelling for the ball, yeah, give it, give it, give it. We end up playing, you know, a, a lead shadow somewhere. You know, I remember um, Pierce Francis giving the ball, blocking a defender a bit, and then I had a one, like, basically, I had a brick wall in front of me, and I just went, if I don't make something out of some, nothing, I'm... I'm done. My international career is done for. I end up running as hard as I could into a defender. I end up beep beep breaking that tackle, bouncing off, beating a guy on the inside, and just don't know how it happened. I think that bit was all a bit blurry. Yeah. Looking up, clear, clear runway, and I went, "Oh my god!" Put opening up, opening up, putting it into fifth gear. Yeah. Running, and I see this guy coming, so I'm like trying to fend him trying to run fast and then I'm like yes home straight and then straight under the post scoring a you know try. match winning try Mate, we kicked it we defended it and we ended up kicking it out um, when that so when that when I missed that second tackle I looked up to my mum and dad I was like I'm done like, I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm going to sub myself off but if it wasn't for that last bit oh like, like I say I said in my interview before it was the best and worst debut ever. What, what like an amazing, it's such a good, such a good analogy for like, when you think you're down, yeah. you're always in it. Yeah. Like you're always, you can always, in sport and I guess in life as well, yeah. like you can always make something happen. Exactly. And um, like, and you've, you've choked, like even throughout, you're telling that story, like you just, the physical passion you had for it. Yeah. The fact that like, yes, one knockdown, oh, messed up, second knockdown, oh, messed up, third knockdown messed up but like your your attitude was can I make something happen mm. again can I make something I've got X amount of minutes winding down the clock I've got to do something within that yeah. I've got to be brilliant within that moment yeah. rather than I hope this six minutes ends <laughs> and then I can get off yeah. as quickly as possible because yeah the, you've gone from yeah the, the worst case scenario to yeah. then being so influential in that game yeah to score that when you try um, what an uh what an incredible debut. 
Yeah, mate. It was like, and I think after that game, I reflected on the journey that I've I've come on. Yeah. Like coming from never being selected in in age in younger age groups of you know any into like any you know representative teams. I was like, oh, am I even good enough? Like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm decent. I've made Auckland. Yeah, blah blah blah. I've done professional rugby, but am I just a good professional rugby player? Am mm. I just a good club rugby player? Am I not a good international player? That's interesting, isn't it? Like you saying that you didn't make yeah. many represent, and there's so many young kids that I meet, and I don't know if you get it the same. I get a lot of um, questions around the advice of how do I, either it's a parent or a kid themselves, so like, how do I make it as a pro? Mm. And oh, I didn't make it into um, this representative team. I didn't make it into the under 15s in this side. I didn't make yeah. it into the England under 18 teams. Like all hope is lost. Like you didn't do that. Like, no. And I know so many people that didn't do that. Mm. And I think that there's not one way of getting to like how quickly you got into the England team. Yeah. Yes, you'd had a backlog of um, of a career in in, in league. So mm. there was the element of the skills that you had were transferable. Yeah. But like. Like things can happen so fast in sport, I think yeah. that people really need to remember that. And it's not a, it's not a moment in time. It's not this like definite, gradual system that's going to build you up to be an England player. You could have like a great six months and transform so quickly in six months that yeah. you end up getting to that level. Mm. And um, I like that. That's just always a worry of mine that y- young people think if I don't make that representative team, I'm done for. I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna be an England player. Yeah. Am I even good enough to yeah. get there? But actually, it's a massive journey. And that moment when it suddenly happens, every person's different. Yeah. It's not like every person gets to 20 years old or 18 or 19, and and then it's that year that you become a pro. Like, yeah. and if anything before or after that, like you're done. Yeah, it, it's it's an endless. It's a different journey for everyone. It's Def- finding your own way. I think. If you look at NBA in America, there's a guy that debuted for LA Lakers, I think at the age of 35. Yeah. So the dream never ends. Yeah. So look at that guy, you, you know, I know, understand, you know, you can you can play that kind of sport till you're that age. You know, physical sport is kind of different. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's only, you know, the the tiniest bit of information that I know now that, that guy was only was 30 plus years old and still made his debut yeah because of all the hard work he put on from you know he didn't give up and i feel like that's where you know you need to bring yourself to is just if you just keep chipping away knocking on doors knocking on doors eventually one's going to open whether it's early on in your life or whether it's later on in your life that door will eventually open Mm. because all the hard work you put in, which you should be putting in hard work, would pay off. If you're not putting in the hard work and you're just expecting a door to open, then it probably won't open. Yeah. But, you know, I think it stems from all hard work, mm. sacrifices, because you're going to have to sacrifice your, you know, your best friend's 23rd birthday mm. for a, you know, a game or a training yeah. session. Yeah. And that's what people are not willing to sacrifice. And that's why people come up they'll be like oh I could have been this I could have been that it's because of the sacrifices they weren't willing to make or a piss up that they they wanted to go to has caused them to be to not get where they wanted to be Mm. 
So I feel like, you know, as a rugby, you know, any professional athlete, feel like they're blessed, but also not because they've made so many sacrifices along the way to become who they are and yeah. where they are at the moment because without sacrifice, we won't be where we are. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so we we spoke most of the day about sort of loads of different things around like energy and, yeah, and yeah. sort of where you are now and like you've definitely grown as a person. I mean, you're 25 year old, year old but you're you're an old soul is the way I would look at it. And yet that, let's talk a little bit more about the the journey you reckon you've had from you talk a lot about mental health yeah, yeah. on your um instagram instagrams where i mm -hmm. came across you and you're really actively posting about things like gratitude yeah um and consciousness mm. and and this is something that has been new new to you or yeah. recently yeah so let's talk about maybe like your how your journey of that came about so where you were in the professional game younger okay so i guess where you're growing it now so um yeah, I think, um, you know, when I was younger, I I created what we were calling, you know, an identity, yeah. uh, a, a character that I thought I was. Um, you know, I started going out drinking when I was, I was 15, I was drinking, I was 16, 17, 18. And then, you know, drinking started getting into, you know, drugs. Drugs started getting into fighting, fighting drugs, drinking, girls, women, everything. I could, you know, and then obviously along the way, it started turning into like recreational, like, you know, drugs to just taking it every day, sitting at home, watching TV, taking drugs, drinking wine, two bottles of wine on a Wednesday night with, you know, two grams of Coke. Like, that's the sort of hole I was in. Mm. Um, you know, people won't understand why I've done that. Because I didn't, I yeah. I was you know I was hurt. I didn't know how to heal, didn't know ways to help myself. I constantly had thoughts of you know ending my life because you know why am I hurting when everything seems to be so good? I've got a great family that supports me. I've got a great job. You know at the time you know I've had a, I had a great girlfriend. I had a great everything. Everything in my life was perfect. To a T, I had a good car driving, mm. you know. But yet inside, I was hurting. I was like, why am I hurting? And the only way I could get over it was my escapes, where I felt was helping me. So the drugs, drinking, sleeping with women, those are all my external uses of escaping my internal feelings. Yeah. Never really, really dive, dove down into myself because so i was like no it's not me I, i'm i'm happy i'm a, I'm a cheerful guy I'm, I'm not this person so then um then obviously splitting up with my wife at the time coming into manchester i met a guy called ollie Payne. he runs save your world um and basically just he was my consciousness mm. he was always that little that little voice in your head telling you no this is what you should be doing. No, don't be lying. No, tell the truth. Yeah. You said you had a phone call from him. Yeah. And he just answered the, you answered the phone. You just said like, how are you? Mm. Yeah, I'm fine, man. Yeah. Just so don't it's, lie. It's crazy. It's, it's like, it's, it's an energy. 
And I didn't really understand at the time. So I was like, oh, mate, I just want to feel better. Just give me something to make me feel better. But it wasn't. It's it's not an external thing that you can just get to to be better. It's not a medicine that you can be like, here, take one tablet a day, you'll be sweet. It's not. Mental health is and 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 mental issues or whatever that whatever that that word you want to use for it is daily, mm. and it's it's a muscle. Your brain's a muscle, mm. so you got to constantly work on it. So like going to the gym and wanting bigger biceps, you go to the gym, lift curls. So every day you got to practice your gratitude. Every morning, what are you grateful for? Mm. Um, and you know. You, you write your list down and mate my list is long mm. I'm grateful for so much and unfortunately the word grateful nowadays is overused mm. it's it's a cliche but if you use grateful gratefulness as as a living and as a, as a as how you how you you live your life it becomes how it becomes something more than a cliche it becomes your life it becomes everything and going through what I went through, I fell back into that depression. I fell back into that old habit of that old cycle I was running through drugs, drinking woman, mm. drugs, drinking woman. And even with Ollie's help, I was still slipping up here and there. So it was, I wasn't perfect. As soon as I met Ollie, I wasn't being like, oh. It's fixed. It's straight fixed. away. Like, yeah. you're amazing. It's constant work. So that's why, he, and he kept reassuring me. He's like, "Mate, look, like it's not, you know, it's not the perfect. If it was a perfect world, everyone won't be as imperfect as they are mm. now. No one's really perfect. Everyone's got their flaws. So don't worry. Pick yourself up. Have a good weekend. Go to the sauna. Release all that toxic, that toxic energy that's inside you, which is the alcohol, which is the you know probably sm I was smoking, and you know come fresh and then call me." And then he started making me aware of how to be present, how to live your life, not thinking about too much behind you, which I was probably because I was, I was like, why did I do this? Why did I do that on the weekend? You know, what they call the beer fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah. Like waking up like, oh, what, what did I do now? I blacked out. And then he basically just went, look, like you've got, all the right you know things with you all you need to do is just stay consistent so that's waking up in the morning you know being grateful telling yourself what you're grateful for um waking up um you know if you know if you're to go away from your dogs that moment that exiting and entry moment being there saying goodbye to your dogs mm. okay dogs i'm going catch you later when you're driving understand where you're going why you're driving there that's a really interesting one even that exiting of of, of um yeah i've never i've never actually delved into that mm. more that being able to it's really easy isn't yeah, it, to yeah. just say goodbye to someone yeah shut the door yeah um and in a, like in a really sad sense like you hear so many people like oh, oh in the worst case scenario someone having a car crash and you're like i wish i'd said goodbye exactly. to them yeah. i didn't get the chance to say goodbye but we never really get the time to actually we t we take saying goodbye for granted yeah that's so that's an amazing thing to to be present saying goodbye to someone like i'm saying goodbye to you yeah i'm here right now to say goodbye yeah and that's that's power and i guess even saying hello yeah 
it's just and saying like, hello as well it's, like it's massive because you know i think english people have that saying all right and walking past because i think oh. when i came here i was like when someone walked past me all right mate and i'm like Hey Val, yeah, I'm good. Thank you. And they're already you? twenty and minutes already, behind you. They're already gone. Yeah, they're gone. Yeah. So I'm like, that's yeah, oh. that's really true. Okay, so then I'm like, so then when I was here, I kind of adapted it, and I was like, all right, mate, and then walked off. Yeah. Now, if someone says, all right, I'll stand there, look him in the eye. Hey, mate, how you feeling? How was your weekend? Good. Yeah. I'll have that, you know, interaction with him and be present in that interaction, not start walking off and being like, yeah, yeah, good, 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 good. Yeah, and, so, and it's a it's a mindless conversation. Yeah, yeah. And so, it's, you're really gone. I've, I personally know I've done that. Um, that's going to definitely change my outlook on that. What a fascinating way to look at it. Yeah, I think, and it, and it, like you were saying before, you know, being mindfulness and, and being present, little ways to do it, like stroking your dog. Do you yeah. Think about it. No, that's when you can practice as well. When you yeah. meet someone, like especially around the club, you've got all your players, all your staff. You know, you don't, you can't just walk past them every day. Like, you know, it'd be weird if you walk past a stranger and be like, "Yeah, yeah." Tell me your, tell me your, <laughs> tell me your life. And yeah. everyone's just gonna be like, "Oh, a little bit weird." But like, <laughs> if you do it around your your workplace, you know, yeah. your family members, um, that's building the stronger bonds and relationships exactly. that you have. And and it's well known and documented that a good sense of community is one of the greatest um, benefits to your mental health. Yeah, and you can do. I think. Yeah, if people say like, "Yeah, I've got friends," but how how present are you with your friends? Yeah, how yeah. Um, how like really are how how much are the words that you're speaking to them? Are you are you engaging with what they're yeah. saying and feeling? And rather than just being like, "I've just spent time with my friends," which meant we were all in a room and we were all like on our phones and we were all mindlessly doing yeah. something, rather than no we as a group of friends we're or going down the pub or whatever it is no we're going to sit down and we're going to have like a great evening of could be sitting around like a barbecue or a exactly, fire yeah. or like something and you're you're just you're just talking mm. i definitely had that i had that recently with a, a good good friends barbecue where we had when we ended up all sitting around sort of like on this patio and we're talking and one of my mates is he's a an actor and he's joking around and and everyone's laughing engaging with yeah. each other and no one was was elsewhere it was a really like if you want to look at it from a broader sense it was a really present evening yeah and that's something we definitely take for granted in our relationships yeah. and, and if you take them into your team it's even better if you think about like and it's intense as well like yeah everyone's eyes are on him telling mm. a story or eyes are on someone else and they're telling their story mm. or telling what they've been up to it's intense that feeling that and that's what we're trying to say is that that's the energy mm. that's what you that's what the energy is called so that i knew you had spoken about you felt your you when that word energy had got mentioned to you mm -hmm. and then you realized like at the time your energy was elsewhere yeah and you needed to move your energy to a focus and um talk that yeah, so explain a bit more about that. In a re in reality, it's called you know currency, money. Yeah, you know, um, you know, houses, you know, things. plotting you know, things, yeah. yeah, physical things. Energy is sort of a spiritual inside you investment. Um, when you love someone, that's energy. You're giving some of your energy to this person. Um, and I had energies all over the world, mm -hmm. all over the shop. I had, you know, energy with my family, energy with my, my wife at the time, energy with my dogs. 
And Ollie kind of broke it down to me and be like, look, energy is currency, your spiritual currency. So if you're spending all this money everywhere, everywhere, what do you get left with? Mm. I'm like, well, nothing. Yeah, exactly. So how are you to deal with your inner demons, inner, 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 inner voices with nothing left? Mm. And I was like, bloody hell. Mm. It's like, you're right. So he goes, so try and find places where you can, you know, take a bit of money here and there and keep it for yourself to make sure you are okay. Mm. Because how are you going to invest into, let's say, my wife at the time or my dogs or my family if you're broke yourself? So what? So essentially you're borrowing. You're borrowing money from where? Mm. I'm like, well, let's say the bank. Mm. The bank is, you know, your energy and then you, 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 you're constantly repaying your energy. So sleeping, mm. um, you know, napping. When people start sleeping loads, that's a, that where they're now saying you can see signs and when people are sleeping too much mm. because their energy is they they keep they borrowing, they're pretending they're putting that that they're paying five quid to put that mask on their face to work into walk into work and pretend like they're okay because they've spent too much money elsewhere. Yeah, they've spent too much money out in the nightclub buying. Greg that you see once a week because yeah he's your friend yeah and that's the sort of and it's wasted exactly. it's wasted towards so the things will that you Greg really come and give you energy will Greg repay that energy you've given him repay that that drink you bought him probably not yeah you'll probably come turn up when you've got money again and we've got payday and you'll see Greg again you'll pay him <laughs> and you know and that's what I was doing like not to anyone else's like fault or mine i invested in that mm. i did this and that's where i needed to make sure everyone knew i wasn't blaming everyone i'm not saying my family is the reason why i'm in this mall and in this hole it's not it's i invested in everyone else but myself mm. and then it left me with nothing but borrow and then obviously and definitely from a um, performer performance point of view, if that mm. energy is going elsewhere, how the hell are you meant to play? Fo- play? Yeah. Like that, that's got a huge amount of energy mm. that you need. That's got focus that's got to go on to that. It's, it's massive. And if you're, not, if you're not paying attention to it, then you're, you're really behind the able. Yeah. There, was so, there was something that you also spoke about um, that one, you, you didn't really know how to access this sort of inner work and you started to delve into things like breath work, meditation. Mm-hmm. And one, I think the cool things you told me was that your uh, your girlfriend at the time, like the buy-in from her mm. had been really good. Yeah. And there were moments where you um, you would come home stressed and you knew you weren't yourself yeah. and say, look, babe, I, can we sit down and do mm. 10 minutes meditation? Or yeah. it might be vice versa. You said like she might yeah. come in and know that she's flustered and, mm. and wants to calm down. And to do that, as a you said as a family, you sit down. Yeah and do that um. yeah so it's my girlfriend now yeah so yeah so she will will go down and you know i'll come home i've had a stressful day someone's you know cut me off <laughs> and we're driving home and it's yeah it's, it's pissed me off it's yeah. like oh but then obviously calm state can you have controlled that no mm. so why are you why are you giving your energy and we'll go back to energy mm. to that person because you can't control it so let it go but i couldn't 
I was already in that frustrated state of mind. I've let it get to me. I've let training get to me. I've let the whole frustrations of, you know, a set move that I'm meant to be in messed up and it affected me. Yeah. So I've gone home. Mrs. is at home. She's finished early from work. And I was just like, look, like, I, I've got to go upstairs and just have, a, have five minutes to myself, release this negative energy and I'll come back down. She's like, yeah, sweet. Go for it. Because at the end of the day, it's her benefit as well. She doesn't want yeah. a, you know, a whinge, whingy boyfriend coming home, yeah. bad mood, ruins her day as well. So she's like, yeah, look, go do what you need to do. Sometimes it's a 10-minute meditation, sometimes five minutes, sometimes it's a half an hour nap. Yeah. Most times it's two hours sleep. <laughs> yeah. I can get away with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then we'll come down and then if we're both if we've both come home at the same time or both kind of flustered we'll look we're like look let's let's do it together like, yeah let's sit down sometimes we'll, we'll just chat sometimes chatting was we'll, great for us or sometimes we'll sit there in silence and that's our meditation and then we'll have because we've got three dogs at the moment our three dogs are running around us then they'll end up from that running around moment you can feel them going to walking and then the energy's less, less, less. Let's go from walking to going sitting yeah. down somewhere, sitting down somewhere to laying down somewhere, from laying down sleeping. You can literally hear them snoring sometimes. Yeah. And then we've got a little miniature sausage dog that will literally sit in between us or sit on top of us and just sit there. Won't bother us, won't do anything. And we'll just sit there and embrace that energy between myself and her, myself and her and our dogs. And then also just our safe zone I think we're, we touched on it before how exiting your safe zone and mm. entering your safe zone is trying to be present and trying to make that exiting and entry a positive thing Yeah. so when you come in try and, you try and leave the negative energy and if you can't we'll do it together or you get rid of it mm. and yeah so together was, it's, it's great like meditation walking because uh, we've got three dogs walking's great yeah you know walk there's nothing better than walking out in the woods yeah with your dogs running around loose that uh, connection to nature as well exactly isn't it? it's really strong that that's um the you when you said about oh you go to the gym to build your biceps your mind's a muscle it's so true but i think people forget or they they don't understand the tools so like you know to build muscle right i've got to go to the gym i've got to lift weights if i want to run far i've got to go run yeah. um all these different those are the tools to build that muscle and do that continuous maintenance on your body yeah um but the tools for continuous maintenance on your on your mind are your is your breath work and mm. um, meditation i think it gets that ugly rap sometimes yeah, because yeah. people feel like you got to be a buddhist monk you got to be out there but I, i'm a big believer in those little mindful moments uh, throughout the day rather than doing 10 minutes of meditation in the morning and mm. kind of feeling like you've ticked that that <laughs> box and then being an asshole for the rest yeah, of the day yeah. like doesn't really work can you spread that mindfulness throughout the day um and that like you said like going for walks like they're incredibly mindful moments they're the moments again when you're not you're not thinking yeah. about the past um and you're not dwelling on the future you're just doing what you're doing right there it could be seeing an amazing sunset it could be exactly, yeah. going for that walk in nature and having a chat it could be but whatever it is you're doing you're right there right then you're not time, mindlessly yeah. doing something and if you can add that into your everyday life then can you add it into 
now into your performance world exactly, like yeah. can you can you really be mindful in everything you're doing the mm. the, the language that you're using with people and I, yeah that going back to that saying hello and saying goodbye to someone that's um mm. that's really really powerful and it is that constant journey we were talking about as well definitely and it sounds like you're really on it like really on it but i found it amazing that you you already do this this sort of stuff um that you've kind of naturally done it <laughs> you've gone to it do you feel like it's also affected uh like your relationships with your, your parents like um even family back home because the word like energy definitely got like that you talk <laughs> there's a lot of like um ancestral work that goes yeah, on in, yeah. in new zealand and the, the the talk around yeah it's like the hacker and spirits mm. and things like that do you feel have they seen this change in you and and has there been a change in reaction to, to you as a person at all yeah i think they have like they've mm. they've obviously known that what i'm doing at the moment now as well so they've you know they they love it i think they understand where i've come from and why i was that way when i was at home obviously the, my journey like i've just said to you and why i was doing that and then now, like I've got, you know, a couple of campaigns that I that I'm an ambassador of. Yeah. With mental health, and like you're saying, no one knows them tools. Well, now they're going to. Yeah. Now we're gonna give them a way to help strengthen their mind, strengthen their their soul, their their their, their body as well. Mm. So with you, you know, you came over and you showed me ways to open up the hips. Uh, and you're saying that that's where you know most people carry their emotions carry their, mm. their trauma and you know without people like you showing you know people like me that I can now go and we can you know both give the world mm. tools to help themselves and become more efficient and more better that we reduce this rate of you know suicide I think it was mm. 6,000 you know people I think there was there was an ad on there. There was a campaign that ran before of um, an international Wallabies player saying that I think there was about five men that are going to take their lives in the first half of the. No, they were the uh, the England rugby guys yeah. have just done that, haven't they? they, yeah, so they it's eighty men in eighty minutes. It's it's crazy. That's what the like, stat was. So like forty men will go in the first half, forty men will go in the second half, the and rugby's leading the way on that yeah. at the moment, mainly because the World Cup's just about to happen, mm. but. Um, yeah, this t so what are the campaigns that you're you're running and who they're with? Uh, Don't mind me is yep. with uh, I think it's it's a guy called Luke. Yep. Um, and then we've got one here called Boards to that run with Craig and Jack. Mm -hmm. And then there's a Luke Andy Man's Club. Have you seen that? Are you okay? Yeah. Man Signal and I think he's in Bradford. I think it is. Yep. So we're still yet to meet up. Us the Don't Mind Me and and Luke. Um, so we've, we're going to run together and, you know, bounce a few ideas off each other. You know, I think, um, don't mind me has already done a few campaigns with businesses and we've done that as well. We've boss to that Craig and Jack. Um, I've just recently done the Academy players here at sales sharks. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's, it's going well. And it really needs people like, again, especially that you're in the leadership team in the senior group, like yeah. if they can see that. Um, someone doing something different, whether it's doing breath work, doing movement, whether it's training in a different way or um, kind of doing something that's out of that comfort zone, out of that norm and that mm. um, conformity. Um, we might, we actually spoke about that and, and said that it can be quite tough in a, in a team environment yeah. 
to be that person that's um some people will, will look at things like breath work mindfulness move uh, yoga based movement whatever like you've got Edo Portel movement you've got Aikido we were talking yeah. about um, uh, Ollie doing that yeah. that movement all these things are so different from the norm and that can threaten people mm. and you can get kind of attacked internally on a team yeah. I had it like I've seen other people get it done um, had it, like, it's really tough to deal with sometimes isn't it because yeah. people can see it as a fad um, but these things have been around for thousands of yeah. years so they're definitely not fad um, how does it what's sort of your way of dealing with um, trying to bring more people onto it or um, is it your sole internal focus to begin with and then hope people get drawn in? Yeah, I think I'm not going out and be like, this is what you should do. Yeah. I think like, you know, I'll live my life how I should and I'll practice what I preach. And if people come to me then that's when i'll be like okay yeah bro this is what i do mm. but i'll never force it because i feel like you know no one's ever going to get the full benefit if you force it onto them yeah. you'll rebel goes Natural, back to that coaching trying to tell you to do yeah. something rather than it coming from internal naturally you rebel mm. you'll be like well you're not my dad i'm not yeah. gonna do it because you've told me to do it, i'm not gonna do it yeah and you know i feel like if you know, if I do it around the club and, you know, a younger player comes in and goes, oh, Denny, what are you doing here? How, what, what did you do with, you know, let's say Ollie or let's say Lewis? Like, what did you do? And I was like, oh, bro, we, you know, I did this. Yeah. I'll show you how to do it if you want. Oh, please. Then there we go. Then we've yeah. got one after another. Then another guy will ask maybe, you know, the younger guy, what, what were you doing with Denny? Mm. I'll show you. This is what he told me. Yeah. And I... I'm I'm a big believer that people will need this at some point in their life. Like there will be a trauma, whether it's physical, psychological, emotional, where they'll find something that they'll need to hold on to. And that moment can be anywhere in their life. But the sooner you can find it, you end up waking up yeah. to to um, who you kind of really want to be yeah. and who you want to grow into being. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it's just it can be quite tough when it's it's in a team environment and it's it's hard. So I guess the advice uh, is there any advice you would give to someone who's wanting to try these new things, um, try something different, but is probably scared of what their mates mm. are going to say about them and, and be called out of being different and, yeah. and, and, and unique? Is there any advice you give for that? I'm just going to say jump. Yeah. You know, just jump, you know, and, you know, you never really know. Like when you, when I did it, I was always reading. So I read books first. Yeah. So I was always reading books and I was always keen on it and then but I never really jumped. And like you're saying about that moment in your life, it's like well, I know it as the awakening process. Um my awakening process was my divorce and the transition between coming to rugby union. It was it was that period of that was that coming to rugby union was my awakening process. It stemmed from obviously all the hatred that I received, all the negativity, and then spiraling into that you know sort of depressed um, um, mindset and, and feeling I was in, um, and then getting divorced was my final straw. Um, then I woke up thinking, what's this purpose of my life? What's my actual purpose? What am I here for? Mm. Am I just here to to plod along and 
and then end my career with no one else knowing me who I who I was, who I am, what I did for the game and what how I helped. And then, you know, obviously meeting Ollie, that's when that's when it happened. My awakening process started and you know, began with Ollie because I just jumped. Mm. I made that move, I made that phone call. I met up with him. That's the the literally it's the that step in it. It's yeah. the the practically like I remember the first time I did like breathwork session and mm. it was like it felt weird, it felt uncomfortable, but geez, it felt good after. Mate. And like they're not then none of these things are there to to make you feel bad. Mm. But the the toughest part is that that initial part is like yeah driving a car like it was awful to begin the <laughs> yeah. first time you ever did it it was like terrible it's like so weird you're yeah. thinking about all the different things you got to do and and your ego's getting in the way of like Definitely. who how you want to do it and how you yeah. should look to it. should i hold it one hand like should i be cruising back a little bit like <laughs> should I put my seat back a bit <laughs> yeah your, your ego is going to yeah, like how yeah. you feel it should be whereas actually the practical thing is like you with your girlfriend no let's actually just sit in the lounge and do this yeah it's 10 minutes like mm. let's just do this. this is a practical way we can do this and we're going to feel so much better for doing it um and we you park your ego of, of caring Definitely. what you, you look like um yeah it's that's some that's an amazing uh, yeah. journey and, and i think it's it's always going to be scary like uh, you know like you're saying it's the first time you're going to do something and it's out of the norm mm. yeah like what if normal's being what we do yeah what if being normal is being mindful being present being grateful yeah not being a dick yeah um you know and i feel like more and more people are starting to realize you know oh jeepers i'm already doing it but i just need to be constantly doing it i need to be consistent and i feel like now i'm still stuffing up i'm still losing my mind at stuff i'm still losing my energy here and there not perfect i'm not like a massive guru but i've got the tools that if i do lose or find my way that i've lost mm. i can get back to it yeah and i can always develop it and i'm like i said i've you know i've met up with you now and yeah. i've enhanced my breathing where i've i knew i can always get better but now i've got that tool that you're giving me mm. being like here you go denny it's a spanner yeah yeah <laughs> it is it's, you know? i talk about it being like you you have a shit you have a a, a shed yeah, yeah. And at any one po- point, you have a toolbox within that shed, and that toolbox is is full of of pieces of tools that you need at certain points throughout life. How full is your shed? Mm. Like how full is your toolbox? Yeah. So um, if you don't have them, then you, you're not going to know what to do in a moment exactly, of, yeah. of stress. And and that stress is in life, but you you can also use these tools for. Um, we we spoke about using them on the field uh, and yeah. improving your performance out there. Yeah which I think is really exciting for where your season's going to go. Yeah. Uh, you're obviously like the season's changing with the World Cup going on. Yeah. So you've got a bit of time. But um, seeing how that sort of will enhance how you like play, yeah. that would be that'd be amazing. Do you feel also with the tools you've got, you would feel, um, I guess it's never an easy thing, but slightly more stable when it ends? Yeah. 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 I feel like, Becoming present yeah. is also kind of being like, oh, okay, well, what can I do? Mm. Can I make this a thing? Make can I, you know, can I do this after rugby? You know, and realizing that sport is never going to be there has helped me prepare for when I'm not. 
it's, you know, if you're not preparing, you're preparing to fail. Mm. And, you know, that's the thing that I'm doing at the moment. I'm also, you know, trying to network, connect with people mm-hmm. on Instagram because, you know, social media nowadays is, is, you know, is, is, is great. Yeah. And, you know, connecting with a lot of new people is, is great for, you know, for myself and other people just to find where where they want to go, mm. where they want to go in life. And obviously I wasn't the best in school. I only went to school to eat my lunch and play rugby. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll try and like skip school here and there. Yeah. So obviously qualification wise, I'm not probably not the best, but I need to find something where I need to, you know, stick my head in and, and go for gold. Yeah. So I will find my way and this has helped me because if I I would have been asleep the whole time. I would have mm. just and then woken up when I'm retired and it's too late. Yep. So that's that's the reason why I'm like really grateful for, you know, people have come into my life for the for the sole reason why I've awakened. Yeah. And, and, and now you can pay it forward as well. That's why. So what um what's the future holding moment for you for me um, what was the goal really from my, a from a rugby point of view uh, from, from a rugby point of view um you know getting back into england yeah i think the england fold will be you know will be massive for me um you know i'll never take that for granted ever again um and then just play some good footy here and get back to how i was when i was a kid just absolutely loving every 80 minute of it like of the game you know and when i come off the field being broken mm. and loving that feeling of being like i've left literally everything in that game i'm not saving it for a game next week yeah i'll recover this whole week and i'll go again and do it again mm. and that's what i want and me feeling now is is how i'm i'm going to go into the games and give everything 100 if, you know and come off that field knowing i've left it all out there mm. and then on sunday i'll have my nice cheat day mm-hmm. you know eat whatever i want in the world Monday and then rejuvenate and then start my whole process again yeah and with the tools you've given me and Ollie's given me and you know my they're surrounding by my friends and my family my girlfriend you know it's 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 going to be it's exciting yeah I think to start a season how I've left off or how I started the halfway through last season and knowing what I know now and how to deal with my breathing and in yeah. a certain aspect of a game the energy from you know what Ollie's taught me to to not give when something happens on the left side of the field, why should I get angry about it? Mm-hmm. Just leave it. Save mm-hmm. your energy for when you get the ball, and you need that energy you've probably used when you've shouted out down there. Yeah. So I think yeah, I'm excited. I'm very excited for my season ahead, and hopefully getting back into the England squad. Yeah. And I'll probably look further down and say I want to be a British and Irish lion. Yeah. I want to go, you know, and, and, and become one of them. Yeah. And it, it's it's only a few. And it's a big, big, big accolade in your in your, in your career. Mm. Um, it's massive. And then when probably when I finish, it's like, it's, it's a cafe gym. I'm looking at a cafe gym. I'm looking for a gym where it's a safe zone, where, you know, you don't have to feel afraid because you're not as muscly. You know, when you go to them bodybuilder gyms and you're like, oh, yeah. I'm a bit smaller than everyone else or if you you know you're a new mum and your body's not where it used to be it's a safe gym to come in you know and you're going to come in you're going to be greeted warmly you're going to come in and be like oh my god this is is where I need to be Mm. and and get their energetic fill Mm. 
It's like going to the bank and being like, is my paycheck? Yep. Bang. That's what I want. And that's from a spiritual point of view. And then physically, like, just improve people. Mm. Um, and then my cafe, I'm going to make sure that it's all organic food. They're fueling their body. I'm not the best with my diet, so, you know, I don't really care because it's my body. I'll mm. do what I want with my body. But there's an option. There's yeah. what people, if people want it, there you go. But if you want a dirty option, go to Macca's down the road. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll so go, yeah. Like, that sounds awesome. Yeah, so energetically and physically, I want to I want to build people up. I want to build them up and be like, this is you, this is you. You're, you know, you're, you're David versus Goliath and you're going to win it. Yeah. And that Goliath being the world, you being David, you're going to grow it and smash it. Yeah. So that's what I want to, I want to give to people. Mate, amazing. Where um, I think you're, I think you're on the road to being like a truly inspiring person. Not only in this local community, but in the game of rugby. Like the mm. journey you've gone through, the stuff that you're engaging with, um, people like people are waking up. People are exactly uh, yeah. are opening up to these ideas, and and I feel like you're going to be massively one of the people on the forefront of this. Um, where can where can people find you best? Like where's people? Probably Instagram is probably my best, you know, yeah. platform to to really get in touch with me. I'm always, you know, I'm you know, I'm always looking at my messages. I'm always replying to people if they yeah. need help, if they want a bit of advice. You know, my, I'm trying to post. Well, be be a bit more proactive. In my posts, my stories, and your handles. And yeah, it's at, at Denny underscore Solomona. So, yeah, mate, thank you so much for your yeah, time. I've you. had a great morning and afternoon with you Same. uh conversations have flown so <laughs> deep it's been awesome but um thanks so much cheers, man bro. Like, have, a, have a good rest of the day cheers bro thanks again for listening to the raising your game podcast you can support this podcast in many ways by leaving a review sharing it on your social media or by telling a friend if you would like to raise your own game in your sport and exercise you can sign up to simple and practical online classes with me at thesportyogi.com Using methods of yoga-inspired movement, performance breathwork, mindset, meditation, and more to prepare, perform, and recover better for sport and life. You can also follow on Instagram and Facebook at The Sport Yogi. But thanks again for listening, and I'll see you again soon.